Hello and welcome to Milkshake Monday. I'm Anita Helm. I'm the wife of Pastor William D. Helm of Resurrection Baptist Church of Virginia in the United States. So tonight we're going to talk about the fiction of my, M-Y. Now, if you went to school, you've heard in your classes in English about what is fiction and what is nonfiction. Fiction means the story is not real. And you're saying, why are you saying fiction when it comes to my? Because this word my has been ingrained in us since we were children. And let me share with you a fictional story of how the typical day, probably before the pandemic, how it could have gone. You wake up in the morning. Oh, I've got to start my day. My alarm clock has gone on. I've got to go brush my teeth. I've got to go shower and wash my body. I got to go down and eat my breakfast. I got to check on my kids and my husband. I got to get run out, start my car. I've got to get ready to go to my commute and go through it so I can get to my job and see my peeps at the job. I got to make that money so I can have my money for my bills. And then I got to go home and take care of my business because that's my day. And basically that's my life. My, my, my. Everything about my has now started to impact your relationship with God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, how is that, Sister Helm? The power of the fiction of my and what we believe about everything that was in our possession to own and control and to totally make decisions and believe, it affects everything. Think about this, how you think of things and whether you think it's all in your power, in your possession affects how, like I said, how you believe, how you understand, how you decide things, how you argue things, how you purchase and return things, how you run after things, how you surrender things, what you decide to obey, what you decide to disobey, what you decide to see as what you're going to go for your plans and your aspirations. It's all about my, what is this person that's controlling have in their mind that's really what's mine and my, but the thing about it is everything in this entire world is the Lord's. Even when you think about your body, your body is the temple of the Lord's for those who say that we believe in Christ. Your children, your children are a heritage, a gift from God. They're not yours. For a time, you have the opportunity, the actual responsibility to train them up, but they're God's. But see, we got this my thing. And so tonight, I wanted to share a lot about the fiction, but tell you some of the things about the truth. So I'm going to take you to a story and I want you to see how this story of fiction is how some of us are having our life translated every day, how you are using that fictional understanding that's not true of the word my in your life is impacting and at times it is causing you to have barriers in your true understanding of who Christ is in your life and how important he is. So let's go to Genesis chapter 31 and we're going to start at verse 26 because I want to see in the Bible an example of somebody who's believed the my lie. You understand that he's believed the my lie like a lot of us who say we love Christ. He's the first in our life. Oh, Christ is this number one. 
It's all about Christ, but all this my is impacting so many things that you may not recognize. So let's look at our brother. Genesis 31 verse 26 says, So Laban overtook, it says Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountain and Laban was with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. I started at verse 25. Verse 26. And Laban said to Jacob, I want y'all to see all the mys and what he is saying my about, because that's what some of us get twisted. And Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you've stolen? Look at that word stolen, because you steal something that you think is your possession. But when you call now somebody say you stole something, you really, this is my stuff. You have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword. So he's already claimed that this is, these are his kids, his daughters, his two daughters that Jacob has married, that you've stolen them away from me. And that's how some people feel about their kids. They are so entrenched to be your kids. Well, you can't talk about my kids. You can't do nothing bad to my kids. You can't take them away from my house. These are my kids. And that's what Laban has. He has a my problem. Verse 27. Why did you flee away secretly and steal away? Again, first is stolen and now steal away. Something about our children. We think that they are our possessions. God has nothing to do with your children. But here Laban says, and steal away from me. Not tell me. That's a mad daddy. And it's a mad mama's when it comes to their kids. For I might have sent them away with joy and songs and timbrel and heart. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons. These are the sons that have been born. These are the grandkids, y'all. He has two daughters, but the grandkids from these two daughters. You didn't get, you didn't allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you've done foolishly in so, so doing. Now you got to understand something. Laban is not a man of God. He does not believe in the most high God like you and I say we do. And so he's got this thing twisted. But how is it that we have Christians now that have this same philosophy that God don't have nothing to do with their kids, their grandkids. It's all about my and mine. Verse 29 says, here's something he's getting even more twisted. It is in my power. So you've gone from owning these children and these grandchildren. So now you got the power. It's my power. And some of us think we got all power and it's not given to us. It's given to Christ. It is in my power to do you harm. But look at this big word, three letter word. But the God of your father spoke to me last night. That's what God got to do when you get it so twisted and you are thinking so much of this thing in this life is about you and yours. And you don't recognize that God is all powerful, but this guy that doesn't even know God, he said, your God spoke to me last night. And guess what he spoke to? Cause he just got big and puffed up and he said, I could do you harm. You can't do nothing to me. I can do you harm. But he says, but, but the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful. Y'all got to know God. He don't play. He said, be careful that you speak to Jacob, my child. See how we, we God's child. We don't have to be vengeful. It says vengeance belongs to the Lord. But God got into this man's dream and spoke to him and said, you be careful how you speak to Jacob. Y'all put in the parentheses, my child. 
neither good nor bad. Now that, that tells you something about our God, but look what the focus of this man that has got so perverted to think all of the ma is with himself, all the power is with himself, but look what happens. This is the falsity and this is the problem with following the fiction of ma. He says to him in verse 31, excuse me, 30. And now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But look at this last tidbit. But why did you steal my gods? When you start thinking that everything is yours and you believe the fiction of my, you follow after false gods. You follow after mammon. You follow after things that are ungodly. Even though this man here, Laban understood that Jacob had a God that could speak to him in his dreams. He was still following after false gods. And that's what I want you to be careful of. I want y'all to go over to Matthew 6. Because Matthew 6 is going to have something to do with this tonight. And I want y'all to understand Laban was twisted. And if you get so out of whack to understand that everything belongs to the Lord and not to us, we're just getting it as a favor. God is in favor giving us that job. God in his favor has allowed us to have the gifts of his heritage, his children. God in his favor has allowed us to have health. God in his favor has allowed us to have the breath of life. All these things are because of God, not because of us. But look what it says in Matthew 24, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, why do I bring this to our attention tonight? We're in the pandemic. We're locked in here for a while. We don't know what's going to happen. They said it's going to be darker before it gets better. But we still are struggling with my. I can't do what I want to do because all of this stuff that's unfolding is affecting my time, my job, my money, my kids. My kids can't go to school, so it's affecting me and I have to teach them. And all my wants, I have to kind of put on the side. But I want you to understand something. Everything we have is because of the Lord. Everything that is here in this earth belongs to the Lord. So I want to give you a couple scriptures that are easy. Let's go to... Uh, Psalm 127. Psalms are easy to find right in the middle. Go to Psalm 127. So we can show you a couple of things about, about the Lord. We're going to show you a lot about God. Because in order to erase some of the fiction, I have to share with you some of the truth. So we're going to be in a lot of the Psalms because they tell you a lot about who, who really owns everything. And where does it say in the scripture about this? So let's go to Psalm 127 verse 3. It says, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Now, I was in the wrong chapter. Verse three says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is the reward. That tells you that the children that all of us see around here, old ones, young ones in the middle, they all come from the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 50. Psalm 50 gets it clear about God doesn't have a need for anything that we have. He wants us to have salvation, but I'm talking about the, the natural needs that we think. People say, oh, I don't want to give no tithes and offerings. That's my money. I can't do what I want because I'm giving God. God doesn't need our tithes and offerings. He does it because he wants us to understand that we rely on him, that the gifts are from, from him, and we're just giving back a 10. But look what it says in Psalm 50. Let's start at verse 7. 
Hear, O my people. See, we're his people. We're not all on this island. It says, hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house nor goats out of your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. God doesn't need our stuff. What we're calling mine is his. He's sharing with us the gravity. He's sharing with us the air. He's sharing with us the water that falls through the sky that sometimes is rain, sometimes is snow. He's sharing with us the benevolence of having sun to warm this planet. He's sharing with us that, that lesser light, the moon. Everything is his and it's not ours and mine. We get like those people that were getting ready to build to the Tower of Babel. We're so smart. We have so many things that we start to think, oh, this is because of me. This is because of how smart I am. This is because of how much education I have. This is because of what family I've come from. This is because of what continent I'm from. This is because of my color. This is because I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. I'm independent. It's all this stuff that we don't understand only because of God's mercy and grace. It says, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills he says, I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Go to verse 13, 12, excuse me. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. Y'all understand something? What, what does God need to tell you about him being hungry? Why does he have to tell you about anything? He has everything. So what are we going to tell us? that? Hey, can y'all help me get, get a loaf of bread? He is the bread of life. He don't need to tell us anything. It says here. For the world is mine in all its fullness. The world is mine in all its fullness. Everything in the world is the Lord's. So the fiction of my says, oh, it's my time. It's not your time. We're on God's clock. God can speed this clock up. God could say, okay, you're going to have this many years and then you're done. Everything is his. So when you start to make decisions about my, you got to remember, don't get it twisted. Don't get in your mind that all this stuff is about you. It's about him. And it's his divine plan that's unfolding. For the world is mine in all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. That was to make sure you understand. Now we're going to tell you all some facts. We told you about Laban, a lot of churchy people, and I'm not saying everybody's churchy. I mean, the reality is we all know the scriptures, some of us, and second Chronicles seven fourteen says, if my people called by my name would seek my face and everybody got those mys. But the reality is we kind of got those mys just for the throwing it out there. But I wanted to show you some critical mys that we should embrace, that we should understand that the Lord says, I'm going to take you to scriptures, but I'm going to just say a few words so you can get it. He says, my son, we know that's Jesus Christ. It's his son that he shared with us for our salvation. My word, he said, is Jesus became flesh, but that's my word, the truth. He says, my yoke is easy. My, my burden's light. These are the minds of the scripture that if you start to understand, it's all about him. It's all about Christ. It's not about our minds because our minds cause us to make problems for ourselves. He says, my messenger, that was John the Baptist, the forerunner to Christ. 
He talks about my people. He talks about my name. He talks about my face. He talks about my children. Know my voice. All there, the minds that God talks about are powerful. He says about the animals are mine. The world is mine. Everything in it's mine. We've gone to stories about Joseph before, and we can see the favor of God, the Lord's favor in your life. We use these expressions. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's all about us. When you favor from God, you don't have to be telling everybody, I got to favor God. Just know it. Praise God for it in your prayer life. The salvation of God, his grace, my grace is for, for sufficient for you. In our weakness, he's made strong because of his grace. Now let's go to some scriptures. I told you about that. Let's go to some scriptures. We're going to go into Psalms because I want us to grab hold of some minds that are not in the part of the fiction, but of the truth of who God is. When you hold on to the, my God, my God, and you hold on to his truth, then you have something. This other stuff that we're grabbing hold, my job, my kids, that's all temporary stuff. Those kids are not yours. They're the heritage of God that he allowed to be birthed in your body. So let's go to Psalm. Let's talk about one of the minds. Let's talk about some protection, God's protection, where he's talking about Psalms 118. So let's go over to Psalms 118 and let's go to verses six through eight. Psalms 118 says, the Lord is on my side. Now that's something y'all could be grateful about and, and just jumping over joy about that you're not by yourself. When Satan lies to you and says to you, you all by yourself, he said, uh-uh, baby, baby, boy, Satan, mm-mm, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? When those boys and girls start to make you feel, and that's satanic, Even you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the people coming against you, Sometimes I do say baby boy, baby girl, because y'all looking at the, the hoodlums in your life and you thinking they're the hoodlums, but it's the spiritual warfare against you that's telling you that you by yourself. That's a lie of the devil because God says the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put the confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princesses. Now that's about God's protection of you. Let's go on over to Psalms 119 verse 34. for some good mind, some minds that God can tell us to hold on to, to be prayerful about. Psalm 119 verse 34 says, give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my, my whole heart. That's faithfulness, commitments, obedience, understanding that we got to follow after him and his statutes, his truth. He knows eternity. He is from eternity to eternity. All power, most high, omnipotent, all of the things that, that none of us have that grasp of. But if we could just recognize he's on our side. But we have to worship him and praise him and study after his word, understanding to observe it with our whole heart, my whole heart. Now, let's go somewhere. So that's talking about faithfulness. We talked about some prayer. Y'all always know this scripture, but I'm going to talk about it again. Chapter, excuse me, Psalm 121, the book, Psalm 121. Y'all hear this all the time in church. 
But right now we got food pantries. We got people who are losing jobs, being evicted, not having their needs met, struggling. But you got to remember, who's your help? Who's the source of your help? My source of my help, your source of your help, it comes from above. It says Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. My help. It's not about me. It's about him. My help comes from the Lord. But the fiction will say your help is my job, my bank account, my 401k. My mama's got money. I got a fat bank inheritance. I got a trust. I've got my stocks. I've got my bonds. That's not the kind of help he's talking about. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do y'all remember the heaven and earth that he owns everything? It's all his cattle on a thousand hills of mine. That's the helper comes from above. It doesn't come from Wells Fargo and TD Bank and this stock and that stock and that job and, and that government and that partisan. That 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 stuff is temporary, y'all. Now, I want y'all to go somewhere else. Here's the important part. We have a lot of things going on in our lives. That's true. I had somebody tell me that the other day, how many things must be going on. But the reality is the most important thing that I do every week is to share what God puts in my heart for Milkshake Monday. It's the reality. I take care of Reverend Helm. I take care of what I can for Faith and Albany. But the reality is the truth of God's word is what, what's important. So let's go to the greatest my. I want you to go to Matthew 3, verse 16 through 17. The greatest my that God shared with us. Verse 16 through 7, when he had been baptized, this is Jesus Christ. Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens we keep hearing about the heavens and the earth, all of it that God possesses. It says here, it said that immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my. That's when you can be excited about the my. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do y'all remember what John three sixteen says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he's saying here, my beloved son, when you start to brag on your my, if you're not bragging on the Lord's beloved son, he said, that's my beloved son, my only begotten son. I am sharing him openly with you. So you will have an opportunity to spend your life with us. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not all this other stuff. But I want to go to Matthew 6 before I go to the last scripture, because I want to show you all something. When we get in, involved in the my then you will see the unraveling of the mind when it's in the natural flesh. And this is what, if you keep going, Matthew 
chapter 6, verse 25. We saw about God and mammon. But if you want to get it twisted and keep on with the fiction of my, I want y'all to see how worry. And what are you worrying about? Because God lays it all out. If you don't seek first, seek first comes after this whole laundry list. But I want you to see if you keep on with this fictional life of yours, where all you're talking about is my, my, my. You're not talking about the Lord's. You're talking about all your stuff. God tells you what you start to worry about. He tells you, don't worry. But when you're focused on the mammon and your loyalties to your stuff and not to God, then you see who you love and who you hate. Because he says, if you find yourself daily, look what happens here. If you focus on the wrong thing, he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. My life is the Lord's. He gives you the breath of life. What you will eat, you're worried about your groceries and the food. If God's going to provide, he's going to provide. What you would drink, nor about your body. Oh, it's my body. I, you say all kinds of things about this body. Oh, the body's fat. Oh, it's too light. Oh, it's too tall. Oh, it's too this. If it's God's body and it's his temple, what is it that you're going to be doing to treat it badly, to talk badly about it? He fashioned and made you. If you got the ailments that you got, God know about that. Are you praising him in the midst of your weakness? Because he said in your weakness, he's made strong. His grace is sufficient for you. And that's a testimony that you're going through something in that body. But trust him. Even if he takes you out here, have a witness of all the people that saw you. Trust him. Speak of him. It says, nor about your body, what you will put on them clothes of yours, right? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for neither they sow nor reap. Now jump down here, 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? All this talk about the fiction of my, my, my. You, you can't make yourself better. You can't make yourself uh, taller or shorter. Yeah, you can try to do weight watches and Nutrisystem and all that stuff to tie yourself, make yourself skinny. But the reality is... That stuff is temporary and it has nothing to do with your salvation. But go down to where it says, seek first, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom. If you really want to get out of this lie of the fiction of mind, you have to focus on verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these temporary things that you're so focused on, God really can give you that without even thinking. He wants to give you more peace, more knowledge of his son, more peace, more understanding of the word of God, the truth of God's statutes, more understanding of what he needs to do to get you to share the gospel to the entire continent, the globe, not this temporary stuff. But he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Now, last scripture is Revelations 22. This is the last mind. All of us have things that are going on in our lives. That's the reality whether it's pandemic or not pandemic. But the reality is that we have to focus on the greatest my, and that's the reward, which is our relationship with Jesus Christ. If tonight God calls you home, you know, whatever goes on that calls you home, whatever ailments, just naturally, you want to know without a doubt that Christ knows you are his child. That when he 
sees you before his father, he will look and say, that's my child. That's my child. See her, see him through my shed blood father. Don't see her through her sins or his sins. See my child through my sacrifice, through my shed blood that didn't have sin. So look at what it says in verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates in the city. Our reward is the relationship with Christ. So don't get twisted by the fiction of my we have to seek after who is my beloved son. Hear he him. Hear the word of God. Eat and study on the word of God because it's the Lord who loves you. God bless you, Lord willing. I will see you next week.